obviously on the modular. Bradley was tasked with investigating a ghostly sighting in the house of Thalivar. Upon his arrival, he realized Galio Alibrio didn't look well, but otherwise he was not seeing many signs of ghostly activity. Now, however, Bradley has found skeletal remains. Could he be in more danger than he realizes? So excited for Super Mario Strikers, or whatever the fuck, whatever the fucking new name is called. What is it? Battle League. Battle League. That shit's gonna be so fucking fun. Ah, Super Mario Strikers was so fun. God, I love fucking soccer and I love fucking video games. Fucking works so well for me. I don't know why I put in a mouthful of goldfish as soon as we started recording. Yeah, Holly. Um, can we, uh, how do we, how do we go about just cut, just cut, cutting him from the, from the operation? What do we do about that? How do, can we fire? Is it, is it like, is there like a severance package we offer? Like, um, <laughs> so uh, the day of recording earlier this morning, the new Jurassic World trailer dropped. And I watched it. You decided and you decided am... to start talking about something, and then you decided to take a three-second-long slurp of LaCroix before, before <laughs> going into your tangent. Because my foot was dry from the goldfish. <laughs> and I watched it, and it is... I'm very excited for it. Not because uh, I'm a big fan of the Jurassic World movies. They're, you know, okay at best. I am just very excited for all these fucking dinosaurs that are going to be in it. I saw fucking Therizinosaurus. I saw Quetzalcoatlus. I think I saw Dinonychus. I, ugh, ugh, so excited. I'm, I'm also, um, oh, sorry, one second. <laughs> sorry, sorry, audience. I also, I also do love, um, Dinosaurs, I don't believe in them. They're obviously not real because the Earth is only 10,000 years old. But uh, I am super... <sighs> super excited. Also, the original cast is going to be in it. Wait. You're telling me... Laura Dern and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are going to be in that movie. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hello. And welcome. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we, as in me and Luke, take you, as in the person listening, or people listening, through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast, as in the people who made this, for the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. That's right, Thor... 
Ren Thorn in my ass. These are the pre-written stories made by the folks who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that? Well, Thor... Thorax in my body? Maybe you're a DM who is thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who has already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you didn't know that when Thorn was one year old, he ate five Legos and he pooped them out into a small set, like a little house. He had built (laughs) them in his stomach. But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running. And right now, we're running Stormlord's Wrath. So if you don't want spoilers, get out of here. And there is one more warning you have to offer them. That's right. Lukewarm bathwater. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and the visceral sounds of me eating and drinking. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. Now, without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our session 10 of Stormlord's Wrath. Welcome to the show. The show's about to start. Welcome to your seat. Did you just sit down and fart? No, that was the seat. The seat had a squeak. A little seat squeak. It wasn't a fart. Please don't look at me like that stranger in front of me. It was not a fart. It was a squeak. That's honestly probably as much of the song. That's honestly probably more of the song that we can use before we uh, get copyright stricken. Yeah, well, don't even mention the music you were doing. The, the song I was singing was Michael Buble, of course, and the song title, of course, being the amazing, almost iconic, That Was a Squeak, Not a Fart. And God, what a good song. What a good song. Okay, let's get into this Dungeons and Dragons thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley, here's what you know. You know there's a dead body right in front of you. It's skeletal, and its remains. It looks like it was crushed to death. This is on the first floor of the House of Thalivar. You know that there's some weird stuff going on with Galio, like he's not sleeping, maybe, and there's ink all over him. Something weird's going on with that. You also know that there's been a ghost sighting from your old pal uh, Vesper, who's one of the guards, but a few other guards saw a ghost as well. You know Sergeant Yoram was too much of a wuss to come in here. You know that you have not investigated the second floor. You know that you have investigated the third floor and you saw a room that you can't get into because there's too much rubble, but you saw a window that maybe you could try and get into, but that would require scaling the outside of the tower. And you know you haven't investigated the fourth floor. You didn't tell me there's a fourth floor. There's a fourth floor. I thought there were only three. I don't think I didn't tell you that intentionally i think i told you that the ghost was sighted on the third floor so that's where you decided to go yeah okay so 
I guess I would have noticed the stairs continue upward to a fourth floor. Like Bradley would have noticed. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So I found the skeletal remains here. I'm no doctor. I don't know shit about skeletons. Why don't you make me a medicine to... check? Maybe you are a doctor. Maybe. Oh, I was so close to rolling a natural 20. I rolled a 2 plus 3, 5. Oh, cool. These bones are actually made out of um, bone. Hell yeah, I didn't know that. Like each bone is constructed in a way that it was like it was once a part of a body. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I got from clearing this rubble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I consider this a dead end. Yeah. I'm going to go to the second floor because I know I haven't checked that out yet. Okay. The second floor. You come up here and there's a long hallway and it appears that along this hallway there's two doors on your right, two doors on your left, and they all make up a large library. Each of the four rooms is making up uh, a library. Then straight ahead of you, the, w- the walls kind of crumbled. You see more scaffolding on the outside like you did on the third floor. Like one of the because walls... Because they're building... Yeah, they're just trying to rebuild this thing. One of the walls is just fucking shot. Like when you were outside, you kind of looked like a scar running down one side, uh, the east side of the tower. And and so you can see outside, it's still raining. Um, and it looks like it's getting dark. It's probably about 3.30. I... Oh, yeah, it's fall. I want to investigate these libraries okay go ahead and roll me an investigation check Uh, 11 there are lots of notes in some sort of language but you're not even sure it's a language maybe it's a code uh, because it looks almost pictographic there are notes all throughout this library that you just cannot comprehend you hear a voice from one of the corners of the library. And it says, But when you turn, you don't see anyone. I know you're here, spirit. Tell me why I shouldn't be here. A book... A heavy book flies off of the shelf towards your face. I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> I have proficiency in those. I got an 18. 18. You dodge just straight to your left. The book crashes into the books on the other side of the room, and you're unharmed. Can I go pick up that book and see what it is? Absolutely. You pick it up, and it is a thesaurus. Okay. Interesting. Written completely in gnomish. Da, da, da. That well, has no if significance. I, if I ever need any gnomish words for <laughs> food, I'll keep this in mind. I'm going to go place it back on the shelf. When you place it on the shelf, you see that there is a large statue kind of in between two bookshelves. It's about as big as you. And it, it looks like a peasant girl with her forefinger pressed to her lips as if she's, like, hushing you. 
Uh, you can make me a religion check if you would like. Interesting. What if Bradley just started talking like this from now on? Oh, don't like it. I just got an eight. An eight? You don't know who this statue is of. Okay. Yeah. So, you set the book back. Otherwise, there doesn't seem to be anything of interest in this room. Can I go? Can I go snooping around one? Like, give it another pass? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say you spend because you failed your first check. I'm gonna say it takes an hour, but go ahead. Do I need to roll another investigation roll? Yes, please. Please pass. I got a fifteen. Fifteen. You're finding the same stuff. You realize very quickly all these notes in a pictographic code. Most of the, these books look like they were written in this code. There's there's not a lot of books here that were written by someone else, but it looks like Gallio has been trying to sort through these things, and there's a lot of purple ink just kind of all over the place in these books, but you realize you would it would take you a very, very, very long time. We're talking months and months to, de- to decode this stuff. Damn. Yeah. Then I want to go up to another dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go to the fourth floor now. Okay. You walk up to the fourth floor, and there is not even... There's nothing above you. There's no top to this tower and it's also missing about like really like two and a half walls or like only you've only got a wall on on your left or on your right rather sorry and behind you and then the other half of it there is no wall off in the distance you're pretty high up you're about with the hill added you're you're hun i'd say maybe a hundred feet in the air didn't you say it was raining? It is raining. Off in the distance, you can see the sea, and you can see generally what looks like the sun is starting to set, but it's incredibly cloudy. You also notice that this room has prisoner cells that kind of line the walls with bars broken and bent open as though whatever creatures were trapped within them somehow broke out. There's also a lot of rubble. And it is raining on you. Did I ever buy... Did I ever, did I ever buy the caterpillar cocoons like I was going to? Like I wanted to? Yes, we'll say you did. Okay. Interesting. I... I'm going to call out to the spirits once again. I'm going to say, Spirits! Why are you here? Why do you not want me here? Make me... a persuasion check. Come on, Bradley. You got high charisma for a reason. Twenty-six. You see an ethereal figure pass 
out of a wall. Looks like an old man. And it's almost as if he doesn't notice you. But he moves towards you. Floats through you. You get a cold chill to your bone. And you smell something absolutely rancid. And then you watch as the figure kind of collapses into the rubble at your feet. Like a big pile of rubble. Can I pick up this rubble? Yes. Go ahead and make me an athletics check. You were doing strength checks before. Athletics specifically. 19. It takes you about 30 minutes to dig through this rubble. It's about 5 o'clock now. The rancid smell sticks with you, and you realize it's emanating from your backpack. You do a quick investigation, and you realize that all of the rations that you had in there seem to be moldy and rotten and spoiled. Of course. You dig through this rubble for about 30 minutes, and you find a shattered skeleton, another skeleton under rubble. And you can make out all the pieces. Go ahead and make me a medicine check. I wish I could give myself bardic inspiration. A nine. Looks looks medium. Looks like a medium humanoid skeleton. You have very little light left. Uh, I know you have dark vision, but the sun is the sun's about to set. That's fine. What would you like to do? I don't know. I'm looking at my spells, see if there's anything I can do to... Uh, I wish I had speak with the dead. <laughs> you almost got it. You could have used it. I almost it, got it. You could have used it so it. many times. I, I'm not getting anything from just standing here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Lehman's tiny hut. Okay. Right here. Okay. And how big? I guess how just, big is that hut? It is. A 10-foot radius immobile dome of force springs into existence around you, around and above you, and remains stationary for the duration, which is eight hours. The spell ends if you leave its area. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome with you. The spell fails if its area includes a larger creature or more than nine creatures. Creatures and objects within the dome, when you cast the spell, can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry regardless of the weather outside. Until the spell ends, you can command the interior to become dimly lit or dark. The dome is opaque from the outside of any color you choose, but it is transparent from the inside. Okay. You're going to take yourself a little eight-hour snooze? Sure. Just going to... just I, Honestly, I'm not even going to sleep. I'm just going to meditate. Okay. Just going to do my elven meditation for eight hours. Can you hear through this? I don't see why I wouldn't be able to. It didn't say. Okay. I, I should be able to see and hear through it, but I don't think things can see and hear through it, like on my side. Right. Okay. You take some time to meditate. You do not meditate for eight hours. After about three hours of actually being able to clear your mind of all of your anxieties, not thinking about Quinn, 
not thinking about Elsa, not thinking about Inverna, not thinking about maybe your father and, you know, how he feels about your lifestyle. None of that's hitting you. You you actually manage to take a, a, a good three hours to really chill out. So if you need a short rest, take it. I don't. I've only used one spell slot. At around 8 o'clock, you can see out of the, the hut, correct? Yeah, I can see out of the hut. It is dark. The only light you're getting is from flashes of lightning every once in a while. Occasional thunder off in the distance. You, around 8 o'clock, Mark, you hear a voice call out, Bradley! You, uh, you in here, buddy? And you recognize it is Inverna's voice. It was calling out to you. What would you like is to Is it do? Inverna? Like, can I see her? No, you don't see her. You don't see her. You hear her voice. It, do I know which direction it's coming from? Uh, just from below you. Well, I got a... You, so my thoughts, while my thoughts are, while you're waiting, it only extends around, it only extends up and like around me. I don't think it under, extends underneath me. So like if I wanted to talk through the floor, I feel like I should be able to. Okay. But that's up to you. Well, I would argue that if something was trying to burrow okay. underneath, that's, it wouldn't be able to get through. That's valid. Okay. So I don't think that's true. While While Bradley is sitting there trying to figure out you know, wait a second, is this a ghostly trap? What's going on? You hear footsteps coming up the stairs. And you hear again, Bradley, uh, Sergeant Yoram, he told me you were in here. It's been a while. Uh, Galio, you, you in here? What's what's going on, fellas? You can hear well, there's, I, there's a little bit of anxiety in her voice for sure. Well, I definitely want to go ease her anxiety. Okay. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to step out of the hut. Okay. You step. And, and make my way to the stairs. And okay. as I do that, I'm going to call out, Inverna, I'm here. I'm fine. She calls out. She says, Bradley, oh, thank the gods. Uh, you all the way up, bud? Yeah, I'm on the fourth floor. I can meet you down. You walk. No, I'm on the third. Am I, I'm on the fourth floor, right? You're on the fourth floor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You walk down. She walks up. And you kind of meet probably at the third floor, kind of at the stairwell. She says, what's going on? What's uh, what's up? What's happening? I, I heard something about a ghost. Have, have you seen anything of the like? I... And it is her. I've you see a, it's her. I've seen a couple of ghostly figures. And I had a book thrown at me in the library on the second floor. Okay. It's a bit aggressive. But that's about it. I've seen some skeletons. I, I saw an apparition go and collapse into a skeleton upstairs, but I can't make anything out of it. Weird, weird. Do There's... you know anything about bones? Could you could you maybe invest like check out these bones and I'd be happy to check out some bones, sure. As she says that there's another flash of lightning. And another boom of thunder. And you see her face goes white and she kinda shivers and she says, uh Something just moved across the ceiling as as we were speaking. And you turn around, and there's no wall behind you. Uh, once again, it's just you see storm. Uh, it's just lightly raining. You can hear the rain hitting the actual 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The scaffolding. You can hear the rain hitting that. You don't see anything. She says, I, I would I would bet money I just saw s- something crawling across the ceiling. I believe you. What did they say about this place? Someone tried to bring creatures from the multiverse? Yeah. Uh, Perhaps they never left. It was a, it was a planar beacon at this fella named Thalavar. And as soon as she says that name, Thalavar, you hear a booming voice echo out, Don't you dare speak my name. And I need to know, what is Bradley most afraid of? You know, that's a good question. I haven't really delved that hard into the psyche of Bradley. I guess, ultimately, it would be being alone. Damn. Like, just in the world. You, uh, you turn to see the voice, uh, or, or see where the voice is coming from. On the ceiling, crawling like the little girl from The Exorcist, spider crawling along it, you see Gallio is crawling on the ceiling. Like with his head turned all the way around and everything? Yes. He echoes this voice that is not his and a different face than his his passes out of his face and it's gaunt it's white it's wild crazy hair crazy eyes white beard and it kind of seems to be floating at you as it says that then in an instant to you it is not raining there is no lightning there is no thunder but you turn all the light that you have in this room from your dark vision. It's as if you don't have dark vision anymore. Darkness surrounds you. Inverna disappears from your sight. And it's like there's just a spotlight on you and you are completely alone. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. 19. You shake your head. There is no darkness, no spotlight. Inverna's next to you. She kind of shakes her head, too, and says, What the fuck is going on? And then Gallio claps his hands, clings back to the ceiling. You see a shimmering armor of mage armor forms around him. I need you to go ahead and roll initiative. 17. Okie dokie. I did not bring dice in here, but I have a dice app on my phone. Inverna rolls... With advantage, she rolled a nat 20 plus 2. Hell yeah. 17. Remind me your max HP. 66. Inverna just kind of stands her ground and says, Bradley, I, I, I don't know what the fuck to do because I, I don't want to hurt him, but I, I'm pretty sure he's possessed. Then we have to draw out Falavar. Like poison from a wound. She nods. She doesn't know what that means. She's going to take the dodge action. It is your turn. I 
am going to cast fear and Thalavar needs to make a wisdom saving throw okie dokie that is a 24 okay well he succeeds <laughs> and as you try to conjure some frightening I'm going image, to he, he's not going yet but he's just going to say to you I am the fear in the house of Thalavar. What would you like to do? Be gone from this realm, foul spirit. Your time in this plane is up. And that's, I want to somehow give, I want to give Gallio bardic inspiration through that, but not Thalavar. Okay. If there's a way that I can do that. Uh, you just got to commit right now. Are you trying or are you not trying? I'm trying. Okay. It is Galio Thalavar's turn. He is going to crawl across the ceiling to be above you and Inverna, then let go with his hands so he's... He, writes himself upside down he's face to face with you and then out of his mouth weirdly enough he casts magic missile at fourth level at the two of you so so you take 12 points of damage Bradley okay as you just get punched in the face by these darts, and Inverna takes 13 points of damage as she stumbles as well. She kind of reels back. Dodge action didn't help her at all because those are auto hits. She says, what the fuck? And she is going to try and tackle him uh, off of the ceiling and, dr and grapple him. So... She's going to make herself. She hits him, pulls him to the ground. He takes two points of bludgeoning damage as he kind of falls off the ceiling. And he's grappled. Grappled creature's speed becomes zero. Can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. Condition ends if he's incapacitated. And, yep. She uh, she kind of calls out... I'm going to actually have her make an intelligence check. She calls out and she says, I Is there any way that uh, those, those bones are Thalivars? And it is your turn. The face that came out of... Gallio's was like the, this, the, the same, that was Thalavar's same was that the same face as I saw from the collapsed body upstairs yes then I'm gonna go up there I'm gonna use how how much how much how far do I get you can get this is happening right here you got 30 30 feet of movement 
Yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. There, you get to the top of the stairs and that's it. But you could use a dash to get yourself to the rubble. Well, I cleared out the rubble. So it's oh, just I, the... But, but that's but yes, where the but bones yeah. are. So I can I can see the bones, right? Uh, not really. You're like around a corner. Then... You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to fourth level fireball that whole spot. The spot with the bones. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll damage on fireball. That is going to be 34 points of damage. Let's see. You said how much? 34. Yeah, you uh you eviscerate you eviscerate these bones. And they seem to be just turned to dust. I was not expecting that. <laughs> it is now Thalivar's turn. Wow. Mm. Man, that really... Wow, for the DMs listening... Try and stop your players from destroying the bones. Best you can. Because the bones are their money. And so are the worms. No, because the bones are incredibly important. Um, and now they're, now they're gone. I even looked up the AC and HP of bones. And even the most resilient things online are like... Yeah, a cart would have like 30 HP. So... Um, and those are those are bones that are a hundred years old. Were they, wait, was it bad that I destroyed the bones? Yeah, you don't want to destroy the bones, bud. You don't want to destroy the bones, and you just. I and, thought that would get rid of the ghost. It didn't. It didn't. No, you're supposed to. You're supposed to put him. You're supposed to bury the bones. You're supposed to put them to rest. Now, now there's nothing to bury. Oh golly, golly. Um, you're supposed to bury him with the ceremony spell. Oof, oof, oof. Okay. Hmm. I don't have the ceremony spell. Yeah, but there's somebody in town who could help you. Oh, golly, golly. Just metagaming with my player here because we just really hit a, ro a roadblock. Okay. What? Okay, so just like look, at, look up what happens if you destroy bones of a ghost. Hmm. Oh, I also forgot to mention there's like a crane on the fourth floor that could lower you uh, or or you could use to get back up. Uh, there's like rope with it and everything. Let's see here. I've got the monster manual if you want me to... No, 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 This is... No, 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 no. Destroying the bones destroys the bones. All right, it's Thalivar's turn. He cries out and says, Don't run from me. And 
There is a hole, but you're not... Mm. He's going to cast Fireball just into this room to force a dex save from Inverna. And he'll cast it at 4th level as well. So she rolls... She saves. She's going to take half damage. She takes 17 points of fire damage as this fireball kind of explodes above her and she just yells out, Bradley, help me out! He tries to escape her grapple, which he's not going to be able to do. He is still grappled. Uh, it is Inverna's turn. She is just going to try and punch him in the head. She hits with one swing and just deals four points of damage to him and she just kind of punches him in the nose. It is your turn. I just am just so confused. About what? Why does destroying the bones not destroy him? It, it doesn't destroy him. Does it say online that destroying something's bones destroys the ghost? I'm looking it up. It doesn't say. Yeah, that's because, yeah, it, no, it doesn't, it doesn't destroy the ghost. Oh. I've I've got something cooked up. You're good. Putting to rest, however, some ghosts were so strongly tied to the prime material that they would always reform a few days following being destroyed by any of the aforementioned means. That's the only surefire way to permanently rid an area of a ghost was by removing the spirit's unfinished business. You're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. The ghost is not destroyed. We're moving on. Okay. What do you do? It's your turn, Bradley. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run back downstairs. Okay. And I'm going to... I see that destroying the bones didn't destroy the ghost. No, so it I'm didn't. Gonna say, so I'm going to say, well, sorry, Galio. And I'm going to roll with him Psychic Lance. Okay, what does he need he to do? He needs to make me an intelligent saving throw. Okay. He's got plus six to those. Uh, 25. So he is going to take 29 halved. 29 halved. Psychic damage. Which would be 14. You blast him in the head. You watch as his body slides across the floor. This ghost, Thalivar, pulls himself out of Galio's body. I'm going to roll initiative for the ghost. You're going to want him to roll low. If you can kill the ghost while it's out of his body, that would be a surefire way 
to deal with things. Okay. He's last in the initiative order. You see slide across the room. Galio kind of hits the wall and he grabs his head and says, Ah! What's going on? What's happening? And he looks up and he says, By the gods, there is a ghost. I must have shit the sheets on that one. <laughs> Inverna pulls out her sword and she says, Fucking finally. And she's going to swing twice at the ghosty boy. That is a 23 to hit, which would hit. And a 14, which is a hit. And she deals 15 plus 7, 22 points of damage to this ghost as she carves into its back. You very clearly can see this, this vision, this thing is Thalivar. Crazy white hair, gaunt face, and he says, No, no, I cannot die here. My work is too important. I cannot. I cannot let my beacon be destroyed. It is your turn. I need Thalivar to make a constitution saving throw. As okay. I, how close is Inverna to him? Uh, Inverna is right next to him. Then ten feet away from him, so that it hits him. Okay. I'm going to cast Shatter. That is a two. He is going to take thirteen points of thunder damage. Okay. He has. 10 HP remaining. as a bonus action, I'm going to say, Good work, Inverna. You're the best of us. Keep it up. And use that to give her bardic inspiration. All right, you give her bardic inspiration. Galio shouts out and he says, No, no, don't, don't kill him. I need to understand, Thalavar. I need to understand your writings. And he is going to use his half of his movement to stand up. He is going to roll a persuasion check with that, which is a natural four. Thalavar says, It's all too important. Too important to risk fighting each of you. And he disappears into the ethereal plane. Is combat over? Combat's over. Galio looks at you and he says, What? Why'd you attack him? I could have learned so much about the beacon. He, he attacked us first. Oh. He shot a magic missile from your mouth into my face. Oh, God. Sorry. That must have been my magic missile. Jeez. Well, I suppose he's gone now. But, God, why haven't I seen him before? Because he was possessing you. Wait. Wait, that's why I'm so goddamn tired. He's been... He's been taking over me. Continuing his work. He must have thought that he was... Still alive, that I was him. Oh, God. What a miserable existence. If only there was some way we could... Put him at rest. <laughs> but I fear it's too late for that. Well, what would you need to put him at rest? 
I mean, uh, I've heard tales that if you bury the bones of someone and cast a ceremony spell, it will put them at rest. Oh, well, his... I evaporated his bones. Oh, perfect, Bradley. Your, your reputation precedes you. You're, uh... You're a man of action, I suppose. Gods. I do apologize. I, I thought your life was in danger, and so I tried to find the quickest way. Well, you blasted him right out of my fucking head, that's for sure. <laughs> Sorry about that, but at least you're, you know, your nights will be getting, you'll, you'll be getting better sleep, which means you'll be more rested and energized to decode those notes in the library. Right, right. He nods at your words. Yes. Perhaps I can still decode everything on my own. Oh, gosh. I, I'm not the most, you know, schooled in the way that you are, but I am pretty handy with words. If you ever need any help, I'd, I'd be more than willing. Ah, uh, no, that's that's fine, Bradley. But you did, you did shave my life. Ah, uh, I I thank you for that. It means more than you could ever know, Bradley. Make me a perception check. Perception. My natural perception is an eighteen. Yeah, make me a perception check. Okay, so this is higher than that. So this is going to be a 27. There is a glimmer behind Galio. As if something in space-time looks to be a bit broken for a moment. Galio, do you see that behind you? He begins to turn, and you see a horrifying creature leaps from this thing. It looks almost like Karasu from Naruto, the puppet. It is a black robe with six arms and a hideous blue face. And it is going to leap and strike at Galio's back. I am going to, before it does that, <laughs> before I, before it's it's done its named thing. What it what you rolled a nat twenty on? Thing, I'm gonna, you shouldn't have, you couldn't. Have, why'd you tell me that? God damn it! I yes. was gonna I was gonna cutting words it. Oh, okay. You want to cut in words the damage because it's it might kill Galio if you don't. Sure. I'm going to say, Galio, watch out! <laughs> All right. And I'm going to roll a D8 to take off of that. Okay. Takes off one point of damage. Okay. Galio had 20 HP. He would have taken 19 points of damage. He now takes 18 points of damage. You watch as this thing pulls its one of its arms back just barely, slicing open his back. He goes flying forwards. A bloody mess. I need you to roll me initiative. Love that. 
20. Nice. Now, your HP was at what just a moment ago? 54 out of 66. Okay. Elio's got one HP. And Inverna is at 28 of 58. It's about to be a hard fucking fight. This thing slides across the wet floor. All six arms kind of extended. It kind of chitters. And it looks fucking scary. This is some creature from another plane that you have a sneaking suspicion Thalavar summoned to kill you. Inverna is going to go first with another 22 on initiative. She's going to swing twice at this motherfucker. You gave her bardic inspiration as well, correct? Mm-hmm. She needs it right now. And she hits with it because you inspired her. And then she swings again and hits again. She deals... Seven plus seven is 14 damage to this thing as she slices into one of its arms. It is your turn, Bradley. I am going to run over to Galio. Okay. And I am going to place my hand upon his back and cure wounds him. Okay. He's going to gain 13 points of health back. Nice. And I'm going to say, Galio, you all right? He nods and he says, whatever that is, it's abysmal. Let's kill it. And Got any bonus actions? Bonus action? Got any grapes? I do not. I'm just going to, you know, stand at the ready to fight this thing. Okay. I really should invest in a shield. Mm, maybe so. It is this thing's turn. It is going to move towards you. It's coming for you, not Inverna. Inverna makes a attack of opportunity. She hits. She deals 10 points of damage to this thing. She slams her sword into its back. And its head rotates 180, so its chin is upright. And its head is down. And it just smiles at you. And then it's going to use something called Flurry of Claws. Where instead of making one claw attack, or two, like it normally would, it's going to make seven, six against you. Against me? Against you. So, does a 14 hit you? A 14 does hit. Does a 25 hit you? 25 hits. Nat 20. Nat 20 hits. 13. 13 does not hit. Okay. And 17. 17 hits. You're going to get hit four times, really five with the nat 20. You take, I'm going to do this one at a time, five points of damage. Okay. Plus eight points of damage. Okay. Plus 12. Okay. Plus 8. Okay. 
plus nine. Plus nine, okay. I'm at 12 hit points left. You're about to go down because you also have to still take 10d6 psychic damage. As this thing slashes into you in rapid succession, just its eye contact never drops from you. And it's a searing visage in your mind. You have 12 HP. Mm -hmm. It is possible that I roll all ones. Nope, you go down. As this thing just shreds you, you fall to the ground, blood spewing onto you. It is Galio's turn. He is going to cast greater invisibility on himself. So he disappears. Then it is Inverna's turn. She says, What in the nine hells are you? Bradley! And she sprints forwards. You're in and out of consciousness once again, like you were out in the streets of Leylon. Love it. She hits once. She hits twice. She deals seven plus seven. She's rolling like trash on her damage. 14 points of damage. This thing is hurt, not dead. It is your turn. Go ahead and make me a death saving throw. Nineteen. Nineteen. That is a success. This mangler is going to turn towards Inverna because he can't see Galio. He's going to lunge at him, or lunge at her, but that gives Galio an attack of opportunity, which he takes and misses. Nothing changes to this mangler. He leaps at her, two arms just kind of swing up and back down, coming for each of her eyes. That is a hit, 23 is a hit. And a 22 is a hit. She takes 12 plus 9 is 17 plus 6 is 23. She's about to go down too. Nope. Why is she taking... Hold on. Why is she taking so much? She's taking 2d8 plus 8 plus 4d6 psychic damage. Okay. She took 26 out of 28 damage. She is at 2 HP. As this thing rakes its claws across her face, she screams in pain. Muscle and tendon is ripped from her face. Blood spews down. She cries out in pain. Galio is going to go ahead and use his healer's kit on you. You get back up with 1 HP. <laughs> but you don't even see him. You don't know where the fuck the dude is. But something Ugh. just saved you. Fuck. <sighs> and that's all he's got. It is Inverna's turn. She is bleeding profusely. It's time for her to make some more attacks. She hits once. She hits twice. You watch as she swings the sword from side to side in a quick horizontal kind of zigzag. 
just across this thing's fucking ugly fucking face. Just has to do it to him. And she deals 19 points of damage total. It is not dead. And it is your turn, Bradley. How bad does it look? It looks pretty fucked up. You could kill it. Depending on what you use, you could kill it. But if I fail... It's, it goes next, and it will try and kill Inverno. She makes death saving throws, same as you. How far from me is she? Uh, she's 15 feet, it's 10 feet. I'm going to run and stand in front of her. And I'm going to place my hand on her face. And I'm going to say, if anyone's going down today, it's me. You have to help this town. And I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on her. Damn. And she gets 14 points of health back. Damn. She just says, Bradley, what the fuck are you doing? And this thing goes to attack you. Does a 9 hit? A 9 does not hit. Does a 17 hit? A 17 does hit. It slashes you in the throat. Your blood spews on her face now, and you sink back down to the ground, dying once again. Galio is going to cast... Doesn't he have more magic missiles or something? He does. He's about to use one. Yeah, he's going to cast magic missile. So he deals... Ah, a two, a one, and a two on the magic missile. So he deals eight points of damage to this thing. It is not dead. But he blasts it, still invisible, still happy as can be. I guess, sort of. (laughs) Yeah, relatively. Inverna, just her eyes go wide as you sink to the ground again. Tears begin to swell. She looks at this thing and she says fucking die she just plants one foot over your body she's kind of straddling over you in a protective stance we do love a good protective straddling she swings over this thing's head once and then twirls her sword stabs it through the back of the head drives her sword down to the ground, buries it into the floor, and this thing is dead. Go ahead and make me a death saving throw. In 18. In that subconscious space, you can see someone that you recognize, someone you know that's dead. You see your grandfather, whose flask you own. And he just kind of looks at you and he says, I don't know if your father is proud of you, but I am. And you (gasps) come back to life as Gallio is staunching your wounds, stopping the bleeding. He is no longer invisible. And he says, Bradley, you're right. Yeah, I'm fine little horse from getting hit in the throat like that, but otherwise I'm okay. You sound cool, Shunny. Inverna pushes past him and scoops you in her arms and squeezes you 
just gives you the biggest hug she's ever given you, and she says, Gods be damned, Bradley Copper. Do not ever do that to me again. Modular is Thorin George's Bradley Copper and Luke Job is our DM. The story here today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Storm Lord's Wrath. Holly Lyons is our fantastic editor. Bethany Gray does our gorgeous cover art. Devin Clark is our talented webmaster. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter, at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club, follow us on Instagram, at the Modular Podcast, follow us on TikTok, at the Modular Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube, at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout out to at AdventuresAno1, aka Adventures Anonymous. It's the Adventures Anonymous podcast. It's an actual play podcast about six dangerously codependent dipshits who drink cocktails and seek a glorious death. They like to market themselves as the home of improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. So if you're looking for a hilarious new actual play in your life, they might just be the right show for you. They follow us on Twitter. If you want an amazing, special, very uniquely marketed shout-out like them, message us on Twitter or wherever you follow us, and we can hook you up with something extra special. We just got to talking on Twitter, and I just decided to be generous with my shout-out today and make a super special one just for them. Thank you so much for sharing the show. Thank you so much for watching our TikToks and LOLing at our YouTubeses. We appreciate all of it. I appreciate you. I appreciate all of our fans for sticking with us. We hope you're enjoying this season three it's almost over there's just a few big things left and let's see if uh our pal bradley survives them new episodes come out every tuesday and until then thank you for listening to modular Modular.